Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome into the 20th and Blake podcast here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Drew Creaseman, and as always, I am very excited to be talking Colorado Rockies baseball here with all of you. And I will make a quick note at the beginning of this one. I do enjoy talking Rockies baseball, and as much as there's things going on here in the CBA and all of that, I try to go back and forth a little bit. I try not to get too bogged down, honestly, in any one topic other than generally speaking the Rockies and baseball but but as far as you know those specific topics I try to bounce back and forth uh, I know it can probably feel a little bit incongruous to be sitting here not knowing when spring training is going to start or if spring training is going to start what kind of season we're going to have what the CBA is going to look like all of that and just kind of going over normal baseball stuff uh, business as usual almost and of course we're all aware of what's happening but it's I think important and healthy for me personally and probably just in general to, yeah, still continue to think and interact with the game the way we do. Look at rosters, look at breakdowns, think about what the baseball is going to look like. What are the, as we're going to get into today, position battles, the things that we normally talk about. Because all of this is going to play out eventually. And there's only so much that you and I can do to change when that eventually happens, right? So I figured I would go ahead and do something today that... I probably would have done a week or two ago if things were normal, and that is lay out position battles going into spring training for the Colorado Rockies. Of course, spring training could start in a couple of weeks. It seems unlikely, but you never know. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what goes on with the CBA. But I do want to just break down the Colorado Rockies roster, particularly in terms of who's going to be battling for spots, who has the most to gain and or lose when it comes to just this first bit of spring training that hopefully will be coming up here before too long. Now, the first thing to note is that as the roster currently stands, the Rockies actually don't have too many, at least when it comes to starters, position battles, traditionally speaking. Now, I do expect this to shift a little bit because while I don't expect them to, you know, blow the doors down with a huge free agent signing, I do think they're going to acquire somebody, maybe a couple of somebodies, and then a few other, you know, Journeyman 5000 and a, a few of those, right? They're going to bring in some players and that's going to shake things up a little bit. And we'll, we'll see where that's the most plausible as we go through here. But let's just start with as the roster currently stands if they were to just start spring training tomorrow sorry to have to say that as a theoretical what would the situation be for the Rockies and let's begin with the most obvious one that exists right now and that is at closer this is a big one right you need to know who your closer is going to be typically going into the season you need a couple of guys who can definitely pick up late innings but 
as we'll see here, this is one of the big reasons why the Colorado Rockies potential for a lot of people is incredibly limited because their bullpen just hasn't been good for a couple of years, was really terrible last year. And even their closer who had been fantastic the year before, Daniel Bard, ended up having a very difficult season, getting knocked around quite a bit and uh, blowing some huge games for the Rockies, posting a 5.21 ERA as a closer. And, you know, there really wasn't anyone for most of the season that emerged that showed they could take those reins. Now, by the end of the year, it was Carlos Estevez, who posted a very admirable 109 ERA plus and 438 ERA, picked up 11 saves at the end of the year in 61 innings of work, Overall, but Estevez has been up and down throughout his career. He's always had closer stuff. I mean, the guy's got a 98 to 100 mile an hour fastball, a pretty good slider, not necessarily a great one, but he's even added an average changeup to it. The problem with Estevez is that he's been very home run prone over the years, and he's been very up and down over the years. And so he he hasn't been what you could call either consistent or reliable just yet. For the Colorado Rockies, beyond that, you've got a slew of guys who kind of match that same profile, but with less of a sample size. That includes Tyler Kinley, who was really pitching well by the end of the year. He had a tough start to the season, but ended up getting his ERA plus up over 100, at just barely at 101. But when you consider the way his season started and the fact that Kinley, like Estevez, has a dynamic Combination. In fact, he's probably got even better stuff because his slider, Tyler Kinley's got one of the better sliders, frankly, that I've seen in, in quite a while. The problem with it is that he has almost no command over his fastball and his slider command can be iffy. Now, that was much better in the second half. So if he's figured something out, a way to maybe take a little bit off or to add some consistency to his command, believe it or not, despite the fact that his career numbers are not great, Tyler Kinley is somebody that I could see becoming a closer for the Rockies. But this is very much indicative of the problem, which is that he also could completely go the other way and not be a factor whatsoever. Uh, you know, it's, he's he's teetering right on that line. And so the fact of the matter is that Daniel Bard, despite having a pretty terrible 2021 campaign, is likely to come into the season as the de facto closer, if for no other reason than because nobody else has really earned the job yet. You know, Jolie Chassin, who they did bring back, I think, in a really smart deal, he actually emerged as the club's best reliever by ERA and ERA plus by the end of the season. But he was so quality in a setup role, he was also only really effective one inning at a time. This was something, if you watch the season, would play out a lot when everybody would ask him to go back out for a second inning. That tended to be when Chassin got hurt. But as a one-inning setup man, Chassin was arguably, not even arguably, Chassin was the guy who was the best at doing his job in the bullpen in 2021. And when someone's doing that well in in such a role, but also not dominating so much that they absolutely demand that you put them in the closer spot, right? I think it was perfectly reasonable to leave him there. And that's where I would expect him to be aiming for this year, a a setup role, a back end of of the bullpen. Lucas Gilbreth, when he returned from injury, was easily the best 
reliever in the Rockies bullpen. He was absolutely fantastic. He had he had better numbers than Chassin by a lot, but he just didn't have as many innings, so he didn't qualify in terms of his 142 ERA plus and his 338 ERA. Now we're talking, right? Those sound like closer numbers. The problem is that Lucas Gilbreth is the only left-handed pitcher that the Colorado Rockies have that's reliable in their major league roster like there are a few other guys who are kind of interesting hanging out there in AAA who've been back and forth or whatever but as far as lefties go you want to be able to deploy Lucas Gilbert now I'd like to see Ben Bowden get a bit better he had a very bad year he was not good 656 ERA 73 ERA plus bad year for Ben Bowden but it was his rookie year and he dealt with some injuries and Coors Field for the first time and so on and so forth so maybe Ben Bowden is somebody the Lucas Gilbreth was dealing with a lot of those actually all of those things as well still as is obviously the case for anyone who studied these things for a while you take a look at bullpens from year to year and you take a look at bullpen relievers from year to year they tend to be very up and down so whoever was fantastic last year might have a bad year this year and and vice versa you really just don't know except for with a handful of relievers in baseball that you can feel like you can get a better handle on and so ultimately i do i'm I'm very curious to see how this plays out the guy i'm most curious about in this entire equation the guy i think might be able to emerge and actually claim the rockies closer position and make people feel like hey maybe this is a new team maybe this is a new bullpen as opposed to if they just throw daniel bard back there because and again stuff wise bard is still great like bard's fastball slider combination is about as good as it gets in baseball but his location was just not good last year he was walking too many people he was giving up way too many home runs and he was just getting hit there there just needs to be tighter consistency with his stuff but the stuff is still good robert stevenson though for me is the guy to keep your eye on for whenever spring training starts uh whenever that happens if you're looking for somebody who you could get excited about as your new closer robert stevenson uh he's gonna be i think he's still at age 28 maybe 29 so he's still in his 20s you know there, there's some fun excitement there it's not just one of these guys who at 35 you know with daniel bard you're not quite sure 36 maybe he's maybe he's done being effective it was kind of that same thing with wade davis or you know greg holland he just didn't know exactly so with stevenson if you see him really start to dominate you might feel like this is more the start of something rather than a guy kind of getting the last juice out of out of his career right stevenson threw 46 innings last year with a 313 era and a 153 era plus again he needs to stay healthy enough to be out there he only got i think one save opportunity and uh secured it He's got good peripherals. He's got great strikeout numbers. He's got decent walk numbers. Would like to see those get a little bit better, uh, but much better than, say, a guy like Tyler Kinley, who really has that problem, or Carlos Estevez, who can have that problem. I think the best potential package, if you could get a guy to come out and really be hucking it in spring training and take over that closer role for your Colorado Rockies, I think Robert Stevenson is the guy you're looking for there so he he's going to be the guy i think the big battle to get back to the the central question right the battle is daniel bard versus robert stevenson in my mind and all of this stuff can change carlos estevez is going to be in there as well you know if anybody comes out they've got to be open to with how poor they were as a unit last year they just have to be open to 
anybody that's pitching well, hopefully some of these guys are pitching at a near dominant way so that they can hand them that closer role with some confidence going into the season. Because as much as you can shift roles in the bullpen, and as much as I would say that might be one of the very few things from a pitching standpoint, I would be critical of Bud Black over the years, is that I have felt like he is stuck with some veteran relievers because of their resumes and experience, especially Wade Davis, a bit longer than he maybe should have. And I could see him going back to that comfort zone with a guy like Daniel Bard because I I know he likes to say, hey, this is my closer. This is my setup guy. That's how it is. And that's kind of how it's going to be. And the players usually like to know that too. Relievers, especially because it can be such a weird schedule. They want to know before the game starts which inning they're most likely to pitch in. That's how they keep their body ready to be at maximum performance level two hours after a baseball game has started, right? There's a whole mental and physical thing that goes into preparation for relievers. And so knowing what role you're in, it's not this like, oh, guys like to know and it's just, uh, and they should get over it. There's a real legitimate production conversation to be had about having clearly defined roles in your bullpen. And so I do think it would be the best if you're going to give the role to somebody else to have them really, really own that thing. And for me personally, I'd love to see Stevenson in that role. If not, at least have some of these younger guys like Stevenson and Estevez, maybe Tyler Kinley, all pitching well so that should Bard or Estevez be handed the role but then not necessarily excel in it, that you can hopefully a bit more quickly than in the past uh, turn to one of these guys. So that's how I see kind of the bullpen shaking out as it is. I don't think it's a good idea for the Rockies to be bringing in anyone who's high priced on this part of the team. So even if they do add free agents, I both suspect and hope that there'll be guys journeyman guys kind of battling for other spots or maybe you take a like even when they took their chance on Greg Holland you didn't know coming in if he was going to be a closer right he's a guy who had been that in another role but he came in on a lower level contract a heavily incentive laden contract so you can do those kinds of things but I don't think you bring in a big name reliever to try to be your new closer as much as those options that I just named off aren't all that exciting I just don't think it's a good idea for the Colorado Rockies to be spent probably most teams to be spending big money in the bullpen but especially the Colorado Rockies I'd much more rather go out and get if I was running the show uh, a couple of bats and even another starter before I started spending money a starting pitcher, I should say, on the bullpen. A few other spots, obviously shortstop. Let's talk about shortstop for just a second, because as the roster stands, I have no idea who the starting shortstop is for your Colorado Rockies in 2022. Uh, and usually I, I I know these things. It's <laughs> usually the kind of thing I have just off the top of my head. Who's the starting shortstop for the Rockies? It's been an easy question to answer for quite some time. And as of right now, I do not know. Alan Trejo had gotten some experience there last year. And Chris Owings is a veteran that the team has brought around in the last couple of years. Those are the guys who've kind of been backing up Trevor Story, right? And because Stowe has been getting, if, if he's healthy, he plays. And so that's been your shortstop. And there hasn't really been much of a need of a backup. Garrett Hampson is another guy who's stepped in and done it here and there. And that's who you've got right now. 
Alan Trejo is one of these super dependable, incredibly valuable minor league players in terms of great work ethic. You want all your minor leaguers to come to work the way this guy does. And he's got tremendous defense, which coaches, especially in the minor leagues, love at shortstop because games don't get absolutely ridiculous. And so that's all great. And I I think if they go with someone like Trejo, you know, that'll be fine because I don't expect this team likely to be competing for a postseason spot anyway. You know, it. I don't know how much more they're going to get out of the spot. The free agents are all either super impressive and expensive, like Trevor Story, you know, Correa, whoever the the, the big names have been this offseason, or the other side of that, the, the, the entire other side of the spectrum, right? That Angelton Simmons, who's still going to cost way more than just going with either a random veteran journeyman who you might be able to sign again, Chris Owings or Alan Trejo or Eric Stamets. These guys who have just been kind of career minor leaguers who are very good defenders, but I don't expect them to be able to hit major league pitching at all. I don't like the idea of sticking Garrett Hampson in the spot, despite the fact that again, you could say, well, you know, similar principle, right? Just see what he can do. He's a, he's a natural shortstop. Maybe just see if he can benefit your team there. And I don't hate it, but I really like the idea of Garrett Hampson in a, a super utility role. I think he's best fit. I think the fact that he can play above average defense in center field is something that you should be able to take advantage of and not have to lock him in at short. Look, if he's hitting in spring training, especially if he's starting to show an ability to hit right-handed pitching, which has been his big issue, he's shown he can hit left-handed pitching at the big league level, which is another reason why I think it's good to have him on your bench to employ him whenever you want, or excuse me, to deploy him whenever you want. But to, you know, I'm intrigued by the idea of Garrett Hampson at short. It sounds like they're not intrigued by the idea of Brendan Rodgers at short. It's something I've gone back and forth on, but it doesn't sound like something the team is interested in. And I totally understand wanting to cement him in at second base as well and just say he's our second baseman. It is what it is. But here's the really interesting one. This has been floated. It's been written about Thomas Harding, Patrick Saunders. Uh, I've referenced it in an article or two as as well over on milehighsports.com. And that is this idea that Ryan McMahon could maybe slide over and play shortstop. Now, this is either A, a truly terrible idea, or B, freaking genius. And I'm not entirely sure which. And actually, it would 100% depend on Ryan McMahon. The reason why I think it's potentially genius is this. The, the reason why it's it's potentially the other way is obvious, right? You don't take a guy who's finally feeling comfortable at the big league level, who's shown to have value at third and second, and who really should be focusing on offense and trying to get the most out of his bat so that he can become an all-star finally, and then take him and tell him, nope, now you've got to learn shortstop at the big league level and be counted on to do all this. And we're adding this whole other checklist of things you've got to think about on a day-to-day basis. And he hasn't played shortstop since high school. Like he hasn't played shortstop at the big league level, or I mean, even at the minor league level as a professional, he's never played shortstop. Now here's why it's potentially genius. He's an extraordinary athlete. 
He's incredibly bright and capable. He's shown an ability to adapt and play multiple positions and that he is an elite up the middle defender at second base. And if that could transfer, maybe not to him being an elite defensive shortstop, but if he can be an above average defensive shortstop, which honestly, after what I witnessed last year, watching him play all of those games, unless it's just a a mental disconnect because he hasn't played the position and there, there are certain footwork things around the bag at second base. There are certain little things that could trip him up, but athletically speaking, And intellectually speaking, I think Ryan McMahon has the ability to play above average defense at shortstop. So then the question to me would become, would that continue to stagnate his bat? Like I was just talking about before, now he's got to learn this position. So at least as much of his mental acuity or or whatever, his daily focus is going to making sure he's a capable and quality major league shortstop while he's still really needs to have so much of his focus in the box making contact with the baseball. And so if you were to derail Ryan McMahon by asking him to do this, it would be very, very bad indeed. And ultimately, I don't think you should for that reason. However, the highest potential the Rockies could get out of their roster is to do this because they've got a number of very intriguing corner bats who may not be ready just yet, but also they might be. I'm talking Colton Welker. I'm talking Ailey Harris Montero. I'm even talking a little bit about Ryan Vallade, though I think they're going to employ him a bit more. I keep using employ instead of deploy him a bit more as an outfielder. If you move Ryan McMahon to shortstop and it works, and it opens the door for either Colton Welker or Elijeros Montero or both to step up and become difference makers at a power position. Either one of those guys is a guy capable of 20, 25 home runs as a rookie. I'm not messing with you. It's very legit. And they can't play first because CJ Crone is embedded there. So unless there's an injury or a trade or something weird happens with CJ Crone, there's no spot for Welker or Montero both of whom are on the cusp. Welker's already made his major league debut. And Eloharos Montero embarrassed double-A baseball last year, then went up to triple-A for the last month and was crushing those guys. So Montero and Welker represent an intriguing potential new position battle for the Rockies, and that would be at third base if they decide to move McMahon over. This has to be the conversation that was going on internally and why they even considered moving McMahon over to third base, or I mean over to shortstop. And maybe they've even concluded that Ryan McMahon is going to be a league average bat, a league average bat that gets you, you know, there with, with some pop, which is nice. He's going to hit 25 home runs, maybe strike out more than you'd like, go on these slumps, but also have these really nice times where he's helping you out that most of his defense is, or most of his value is going to come from his defense. And if that's the case, then you may as well move him to a more premium defensive position, shortstop, and get another potential big bat, which they do not have at short in Hampson or Trejo or Chris Owings or any of these other people they could bring in. At least now you've got a shortstop who's going to hit 25 home runs. And you could put a third baseman next to him who could also hit 25 home runs. 
as opposed to putting Alan Trejo in there, who'd be lucky if he hit five or six homers at the big league level in a season. So this is very intriguing to me. When I first read that headline, I went, what are they possibly thinking? Leave Mac where he is and let him turn into that next level of player. But he could still do that at short. I mean, this really needs to be just a conversation with Ryan McMahon and and his trainers and his swing coaches and all that stuff because if he's willing to do it and if he thinks he can excel and if Bud Black and Clint Hurdle and Bill Schmidt all think that he can excel defensively at shortstop, there's honestly no reason not to try because these young guys I'm talking about really do have the chance to be difference makers and so you may as well open up a spot for them. Otherwise, they're going to be trying to come off the bench or waiting to see if there's an injury. And that's another thing that always does happen. And it's something I try to remind myself and I try to remind fans of all the time is you need those depth pieces. You can't just force every good depth piece you have into a starting role because then what happens when someone gets hurt? And people do get hurt. It's part of sports, right? So that's going to be absolutely fascinating to me. And then the very last position battle that I wanted to talk about. Oh, and and by the way, that's a position battle, especially insofar as however Welker and Montero perform during spring training. And Eluheros Montero is probably the person during spring training I will be watching the most closely because I think he has the most potential to be a very legitimate impact young player on this team. The pop there is real. The, The scouts are over the moon about his bat. So I'm I'm ready to see it. And if he has a hot spring training and Ryan Man, McMahon looks good, and maybe you throw him out there at a few games at short and spring training. And he, if he looks good and he looks good next to Montero, run with it. Run with it, man. It's a year of experimentation. If you're going to get to the postseason this year as the Colorado Rockies, it's going to be on a surprise. It's going to be on weird things happening that maybe shouldn't have happened. And that's going to include things like Ryan McMahon suddenly becoming a really good shortstop and a rookie third baseman giving you 20 to 25 home runs that your lineup otherwise would not have had. If they want to think outside the box and surprise some people this year, Instead of the longer couple-year turnaround, I think it's much more likely to be. Those are the kinds of things you got to try. So very intrigued to see which way they go with it. And again, a lot of it's going to depend on how those specific players perform. And then a much more standard position player battle to finish things out here with is, of course, the fifth spot in the rotation with John Gray out and on his way to Texas. The Rockies' top four in the pitching staff is really not in contention. It's Marquez, it's Freeland, it's Sensatella, and it's Austin Gomber. But after that, we're not 100% sure who that fifth rotation starter is going to be. Could be a veteran who's been around for a while, someone like Chichi Gonzalez or just someone kind of like him. This is a place where I do expect the Rockies to pick up a guy, not necessarily, you know, do an arm, someone you've maybe heard of before to just be a veteran who's around for this battle. But I do think and primarily hope that this is going to be a great spring training battle to watch between Peter Lambert, right-handed pitcher, and Ryan Rollison, 
left-handed pitcher. Two guys who throughout their minor league careers were never enormous prospects, but just put up very, very solid numbers on top of far more intriguing peripherals. And the thing that excites me about both of them is that they had these minor league careers where they just refused to walk people. Their walk numbers were incredibly low. They stay on the edges of the zone. They're both very smart pitchers with good stuff. Lambert's been knocked around a little bit at the big league level. Had, I I think, been wisened up a little bit to the way some of these hitters are going to approach him. Gotten some of those nerves out of the way, but unfortunately is going to be a bit rusty. A couple of years missed with Tommy John, where Ryan Rollison has a little bit more momentum coming up. Every time he's had an opportunity to pitch against Major League competition, whether it's at uh, Major League Spring Training or even just against you know some of the best prospects in the game, he has excelled. He's shown out incredibly well. He's been on the verge of making his Major League debut a couple of times already, but he just has either gotten hurt or a global pandemic broke out that one time. That was a bit of a bummer for his career. And so he's been on the cusp for a while now and and I think ready to put it all together this is the spring training battle that I cannot wait to watch because I love watching great pitching I love watching pitchers who push each other you know oh I see what you did but I can do better all this kind of stuff I think that's exactly what we're going to see this spring training between these two young guys and something that I don't think a lot of people are expecting or looking forward to because In a small sample, a lot of people have, as they did with Brendan Rodgers, blown off Peter Lambert, and there's just so much negative energy about the Rockies and their farm system and their prospects that a lot of people just don't even know that Ryan Rollison even exists. And so to see these two young guys battling it out for that fifth rotation spot, an opportunity to prove to manager Bud Black and the fans and everybody under themselves even that they belong in the big leagues. And then they are going to have, whichever way it goes, some intriguing depth there with the other one, right? Who's going to get sent to AAA, assuming that all five of their primary guys get through spring training healthy. They'll have that sixth one out there waiting in the wings for that invariable moment where somebody has to take a stint on the IL. So are they absolute world beaters, these two young pitchers or or any of the pitchers? Not necessarily, no, but there's a lot of potential there for the Rockies to once again have a rotation where all five guys are putting up an ERA plus over the league average. And uh, that's that really goes a long, long way toward making you competitive. It's the exact reason the Rockies weren't the worst team in baseball last year, despite having the worst bullpen in baseball and a pretty underwhelming, underperforming lineup. The fact that their rotation has been so good is what's kept them not terrible. So if these other parts of the team can get better around the rotation and they can get better with either Lambert or Rollison or some combination of both, things look pretty interesting so those will be the spring training battles i will be keeping my eye on let me know if i missed one if there's something you think is interesting i didn't get into like lineup stuff i don't really think there's like a spring training battle between like who's going to hit cleanup or whatever but if you're interested about those things just let me know hit me up on twitter at drew creaseman you can always of course at mile high sports make sure you're reading all the written content at milehighsports.com and checking out all of the podcasts here on the mile high sports podcast network Thank you all so much for being absolutely awesome out there. You know I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.